Yes. Turn to Joel chapter 2. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Joel chapter 2, verse number 28. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit. Verse 28 again. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. It's talking about dreaming and visions. So I say to you today, are you bold enough to dream? Are you bold enough to dream? It is one thing to dream, but it is an entirely different thing to see your dream become a reality. Children have a way of dreaming big, and even in their daydreaming they can create a world where they can be anyone they want to be. Children can have the wildest imaginations. Their imaginations can take them into a world filled with joy or to a world where they are in charge and feel safe. Remember that God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see hope for our future. But dreams also become fuel to keep going forward even when we don't see anything happening or even when things seem to be working against that dream. God showed Joseph, which we're going to read about in a bit, showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in a dream. But God didn't really tell Joseph much about his journey to the final outcome. The enemy will plant dream killers along the way to encourage you to give up. But don't blame the people that would be acting in the form of those dream killers. Sometimes they have no idea that they are being used to keep you back. Just say a prayer for them and leave it to God and just continue to move on. Stay focused on what God has shown you because that dream will take you through many difficult times. If you don't have a dream, whether it be a dream that God has actually shown you in a dream, we have aspirations that are given us by Holy Spirit. If you don't have a dream for your life, if you don't have aspirations, God-given aspirations, then you are walking around numb. You're walking around and you're just drifting. But there will be dream killers that will come into your life, that will try and thwart that dream or steal the dream from you. And many times they're not even aware that they are doing that. I mentioned Joseph before, so let us go to the book of Genesis. Genesis 37. Genesis 37. We cannot be content in life to just kind of drift through. You need to search, search, and think about what God has shown you. What dream, what destiny, where is it that you see yourself being in one year, two years, five years, ten years? 
on into your 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s? What is your dream? Do you dare to dream? Starting with verse number 1, chapter 37 of Genesis, starting with verse number 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the, land, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children, because he was the son of his old age. He had made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, underline please, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, underline, and told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obedience to my sheaf. In other words, bowed down to his sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams, for his word, and for his words. Verse 9. And he dreamed yet another dream, underlined dreamed yet another dream. He dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obedience to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren, brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. His brethren envied him, but the father kind of pondered and listened at what he was saying. So the dream he had dreamed was that he was going to be exalted, he was going to be lifted up, and that those others were going to be bowing down to him. This was a place where he saw or dreamed that he was going to be. Amen? But you see the reaction. I'm sure many of you are very familiar with Joseph. He was one of the sons of Jacob, as we just read, and God had made a special call on his life. His father loved him and favored him by giving him a coat of many colors. Of course, this made his brothers very jealous, as we just read, and angry to the extent that they hated him. God spoke to Joseph in a dream, showing him the plans for the future. Joseph was but was a little bit naive, a little bit too trusting in thinking his brothers loved him. And he shared his dream with them, which only angered them even more. Today, 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 we still have circumstances of jealousy and anger among family members, among friends, peers, and co-workers. The enemy thrives on bringing distractions like jealousy and hatred in order, in order for the believer to give up their God dream. It is very important for us to be mindful of who we are sharing our dreams with because not everyone that comes across our paths will be willing to celebrate with us. Amen? You've got to be careful. Because God shares something with you, and especially something that is dealing with your future and things to come, you need to think very carefully about whom you're sharing these things with. Amen? 
God had a great plan for Joseph's life and God reiterated his plan by giving Joseph this reoccurring dream that one day his family would bow down to him. And of course that incensed his father. Let me just say that if you keep having a dream, if you keep having a dream or a vision that seems to be similar every time, it may be a sign that God is showing you plans for your future. If you have a dream that recurs, it could be that God is showing you a plan for your future. Joseph again shared his dream with his brothers and father and and further angered them. Little did Joseph know the fate that would befall him due to the jealousy of the dream killers. See, again, you've got to be careful about who you're sharing your dreams with. Remember that God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see hope for our future. But dreams also become fuel to keep going forward even when we don't see anything happening. Or even when things seem to be working against that dream. How many of us dare to dream? How many of us dare to hold on to that dream? The dream that God has given you, the vision that God has given you, the the aspiration that God has placed in your spirit. None of us as his children, none of us just kind of go through life dormant as a lump of coal. God is, is calling out to you. God has a plan for your life. God has a place that he wants you to be. The thing that you may feel down inside you, that in your core, that, 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 that calling, the feeling that there is something special that God wants you to do. Because of the fact that it might not be materializing right away, or because of the fact that there might be those dream killers that are out there, people or circumstances who by design do not wish you to succeed, Many people that would be dream killers have no idea what God has placed in your spirit, what God is telling you to do, what God is wanting you to do. But these dream killers have an uncanny way of simply knowing and understanding that there's something special about you. There's something special. And while he or she seems to be just succeeding in the workplace, they're succeeding in the neighborhood, they're being lifted up among families and friends, the dream killers that the devil places out there in front of you do not wish you to succeed. But do not be discouraged, even when you don't see anything happening or when things seem to be working against you, against that dream. God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in his dream, but God didn't really tell Joseph much about his journey to the final outcome. God may be showing you or you may be feeling where God is wanting you to be. You may be saying that I want to be a pastor, I want to do this, I want to be the boss in my job, I want to do this and do that. And God has maybe given you that dream and has placed that aspiration in your spirit. But at that point in time, God is not showing you how you're going to get there. Amen? All God said to Joseph was that he showed him, he had his sheaf reigning up being taller than the other sheaves. But God didn't say how he was going to make that happen. You see? So just because you don't know the details of your life, just because you don't know the details of that God-given dream or God, the God-given plan for your life, at this point in time, you may not know the details. Don't be discouraged. And most importantly, don't let those dream killers come in and kill that dream. Again, the enemy will plant dream killers along the way to, to encourage you to give up. Okay? To give up. I've had this dream for my life. I've had this desire for this for my life. I've had this aspiration for my life now for six months. And it hasn't happened. Those may come your way and just say, see, you're just going to fall off the cliff. You're just going to this. You're just going to that. You're never going to succeed. 
You're at a dead end spot. You're not growing in God. You're not getting to the place that you think you should be or where God showed you you're going to be. Don't let that dream kill and steal your dream. Amen? Leave it to the hands of God. Stay focused on what God has shown you because that dream will take you through many difficult times. And difficult times come up in your life if you cannot hold on to where you, where, where you see God has shown you to be or where you're going to be. You will not be able to navigate through those difficult times because you will indeed give up. Every single believer that is sitting here today, whether you realize it or not, God has a plan for your life. The fact that you're sitting here in this church, the fact that you've decided on this Sunday to come and hear the word of God, which is no coincidence, because of the fact that you have have decided to be here, God has a plan for your life. God has an end game for your life. The challenge is that you may or may not know it. You may have some inkling inside where God wants you to go. But the things of our lives, the day-to-day happening in your life, don't always show how those things are materializing. Again, not to mention the family and the friends and the peers and the co-workers and all those that will come your way to try and steal that dream or will try to kill that dream. Stay focused on what God has shown you because that dream will take you through many difficult times. Continuing in chapter 37 and going from... Uh, Go to 11. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. 12. And his brethren, and his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it will be well with thy brethren and, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out to the vale of Hebron, and he, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Behold, this dreamer cometh. So here they are with much animosity and hatred in their hearts. They see him coming from afar off. And they don't say, here comes our little brother. They don't say anything like that, but they say, here, here comes that dreamer. Interesting how they're focused on his dream. Here comes that dreamer. We continue on here in verse number uh, 20, with 20. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into the same pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. Please underline, let us not kill him. See, they're so jealous of him, they're saying, now, let's, let's just kill him off and see what happens to his so-called dream. You see, what is, what is at the bottom here? It's not because he is better looking than them. Than them. It's not because he has anything over, than, over them. It's because of his dream. They don't like the outcome of his dream. 
The fact that they could possibly be bowing down and serving him was such a tremendous uh, insult to them. They literally, literally wanted to take it to the point of killing him off. You see? So the dream that you might have for your life, the aspiration that you might have in your life, you don't know what impact that may have on others. You don't know. And whether or not those others will indeed become dream, dream killers. God forbid that any should, should take it to the point of, of conspiring to want to actually kill you. But God knows that people will certainly go, go, to, the, go, go to some ridiculous lengths to, to hurt you. To undo what you've done. Or to just tear down your dream. Let us not kill him. Verse 22. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness. And lay no hand upon him, that he might rid, um, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing uh, spicery and balm and myrrh, coming to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. So while he said, gee whiz, this is our brother, we can't kill him, or we shouldn't kill him. However, though, it's okay to sell him to the Ishmaelites, sell him into slavery. At least that way our consciences are clean, are clear. We didn't kill him, we'll just sell him off, you see. So here they are making excuses here. They're finding to, trying to find the lesser of two evils. The dreams that we may have in our lives when there are those that would be conspiring for us not to realize or not to achieve that dream. While they may, they, they may, may, may rationalize in their minds, no, we don't want to do total harm. We don't want to obliterate him or her. We'll just do something else. We're going to do something that's going to take him out of the picture. We'll do something else that will remove her from our presence. Because the mere fact of you being there with this dream reminds them, reminds them, reminds them that God has given you something special. That God has a place for you to be. God has something for you to achieve. And in your achieving that, it could very, very possibly be, be over them. Amen? Amen? So again, the dream killers, how far will people in your life be content to go? To just to, to get you to not realize your dream or for, or for things not to come to pass. When we get hold of a God dream, we literally become a moving target for the enemy. Because the God dream is not one that only prospers us, but really makes a way for others to be blessed. Okay? You may not realize that. But the dream that God has for you, where you are to be, is not only about you. It's not only about you, see. We are all, if you're a child of God, we are all his instruments to bring about a grander purpose. And the question is, as I go through my life, who will I touch? Who will, who, who, who will benefit from my words? Who will benefit from the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I will share as Holy Spirit makes the opportunity? It's not just about you, you know. The problem is that many times when we have this God-given dream, when we have a God dream, when we have an aspiration, we put ourselves in the center of that dream. 
I want to be the owner of this house. I want to have two houses, three houses, six cars, a boat, whatever it might be. But a God dream, when God is raising you up to something, not only will you be blessed, but those that are around you shall also be blessed. There's no way the enemy wants the God dreamer to make it to the end. And so in an effort to abort our dreams, to stop our dreams, he will set up obstacles and hindrances to keep us from seeing it become a reality. Okay? And those obstacles and hindrances that the devil will put in our way will not necessarily be the ones that are so obvious. They won't be anything, you you, you know, um, they wanted to kill Joseph, but instead of killing him, let's throw him in a pit. (laughs) Okay? Let's throw him in a pit. So the, the dream killer that may come your way to stop you from realizing your God dream, it may not be so obvious. But you need to just rest assured that if you know, if you know, if you know, if you know that God has a plan for you. And as a child of God, you should know that. And God has a place that he wants you to be, both physically and spiritually. That you need to watch out for those dream killers. Because they will come and they will come in very subtle ways. They will come in ways that will just be obstacles from you uh, to prevent you from achieving the end where God wants you to be. Joseph had the end result, had the end result from God uh, that he would be a great leader and his family would one day bow down to him as the journey to the fulfillment of his dream begins. It is not without major obstacles. Let's continue in, um, in uh, 2028. 20, then there passed, uh, passed by Midianites, merchantmen, And they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned into the pit and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes, he tore his clothes. And he returned unto his brethren and said, the child is not and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the coat of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father, and said, This have we, f- we found. Know now whether or not it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it, and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn into pieces, rent into pieces. So see the lengths that they went to. They took this, they made a coat that they thought would pass with Joseph's coat. And told this lie, you know, made it look like he was killed. Verse 34. And Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins. And Jacob, I'm sorry. Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And, it, and all the sons and all his daughters rose up to, con- to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down into the grave until my son mourning. Thus, thus the father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of, of, the, uh, of the guard. And as we now, if we turn to, and pause in there for a moment, so you see what happened there, and notice the name Potiphar there. Flip to Genesis, uh, let's see, Genesis 37, 39 to 44. There's the rest of the scriptures here that talks about... And I won't spend the time going there, going there right now. But we know, we, know what, we know what the end of the story is there, is that Joseph went on and 
even when he was under Potiphar, his wife came against him. Okay, and he refused to give in to her, to her wants, to her desires. She wanted to take him to bed and, and he stood back strongly and resisted and ran out, so forth. And of course she accused him falsely. He wound up being cast into prison and so on. But we know the story ended with Joseph was indeed raised up by Pharaoh and he became number two in the land. So all of those people in the land were indeed under Joseph. So God's dream indeed came through. But you see what happened, what happened along the way. There were many, many distractions and many, 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 many overt uh, attacks on him to get him away from where God was bringing him. Many times the realities of life begin to stifle our feelings of being winners. However, God created us with an imagination so that he can give us the blueprint of our lives. The enemy of our soul knows that God will write his plans in our imagination. So he works tirelessly to ensure that we stop dreaming and believing God for a good future. Have you stopped dreaming? Do you dare to dream? Do you feel that you know where God has placed you, where God has taken you, where God wants you to go? Amen. Or are you giving in? The enemy brings pressures, disappointments, and even potential failures to, to deter us from the beautiful future God has planned. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians uh, 1. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1. 15 to 19. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Pray unto, uh, underline please, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Please underline the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. Please underline what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward or to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. So this was the Apostle Paul who was writing to the, to the church at Ephesus. Because the Apostle Paul was very aware of the lies the enemy would try to get into their minds. So he specifically prays for the church in Ephesus that the eyes of their heart or imagination would be enlightened. That they might know what wonderful things God has in store for them. The only way that I can put this in plain, just everyday language is that if you've got this God dream, if you've got this aspiration... You know that there is something out there for you that is more than what it is. Especially when you're at a point in life where you kind of feel like you're drifting. There's a place that you feel you want to be, but you're trying to rely on God to get you there. Amen? And you've got all of these other things that keep popping into life that are hindering, or seem to be hindering, or delaying you from achieving God's dream. Then as Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, you need to... Ask and pray that your eyes are opened, that you are enlightened, 
to understand what God is doing in your life. Amen? Amen? Because the dream that God has for you is one of the most important things you can grasp and understand in your life. Because I've seen many people, many people, many people over the years just get away from where God would have them to be. Part of that is because they don't realize what God wants them to do. Part of that is because they have an inkling of what God wants them to do. But yet still, that inkling takes them to a place that they don't want to go to. Amen? Amen? You can create such a royal mess for yourself in life if God has given you a dream. What if Joseph had decided to not follow, follow the calling of God and doing what God had called him to do? Where would things have wound up? You see? So in similar fashion, God has a dream for you. God has, has a place for you to be. And you need to ask and pray to the Lord, what is it? What is it that you want me to do? In this day and age that we live in today, it, it, it is so easy for us to get a feeling of frustration and a feeling of drifting because things just kind of go by so quickly. You leave here today, you, you go home, you'll you eat lunch and you do whatever you do in the afternoon and next thing you know it's bedtime and then tomorrow the whole thing, the day just starts all over again. The next thing you know, I mean here we are almost in mid-June already, where did the first part of the year go? You may want to ask yourself that if you had what you felt was a God-given dream or if there was a dream or an aspiration that you had, did you achieve that goal? Did you achieve it if you felt that this is where God wanted you to be? Here you are in the middle of June and what have you accomplished? What has gone by? You need to stop and do some, do some introspection, do some reflection. Am I on the right path? Am I going where God wants me to be in order to achieve this God dream? You see? And you need to be also careful. I cannot, I cannot over, over, overstate um, how important it is for you to watch out for the dream killers. To get those people out of your life that would just try and squash and quell anything that would bring you closer to God. To bring you to accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. Amen? Amen? Okay? And we need to be some, so careful too, because many times we will have what we think is a God dream, but is that really a God dream for our lives? Is this something that I want to be? That I want to accomplish? Some place that I envision myself being, but is this where God wants me to be? Suppose Joseph had envisioned himself as being the king or the emperor of Rome. That was not where God was intending him to be. So we need to make sure that we are aligned with God. Not with what we want to do. We need to be asking God, God, this is what I'm seeing in my dream. This is what keeps coming back to me repeatedly. And if you're sure that this is God, that this is a God's dream, a God dream, then you need to, to ask that your eyes are opened, that you are enlightened in order for you to achieve that dream. And don't let anything stand in your way. Watch out for the dream killers. Okay? Paul here says that he said that he prayed for them. He's praying for the eyes of the, of the imagination to be enlightened because that is where God writes his plans for us. Part of the new covenant, New Testament, involves dreams and visions because God wants his children dreaming again and believing him for the impossible. Do you dare to dream? Do you dare to believe God for the impossible? Or do you get hung up on the fact that, gee whiz, yeah, I think this is what God is telling me to achieve. I think this is where I need to be, where I need to go. But how I'm going to get there seems to be impossible. You know? If God had showed Joseph that you're going to become the number two man in all of Egypt, how would Joseph have, had, have handled that? All he knew was that this is what God was telling him, where he was going to be. Amen? Amen? But, but are, are, you, are you bold enough? Do you dare to dream that God can do the impossible in your life? 
Alright? With God, nothing is impossible, especially if it's something that He wants you to do. Amen? And we get so hung up so many times. We look at, gee whiz, you know, wow, you know, God wants me to go and do this. I kind of feel it in my spirit, you know? You know? And, 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 and 99.9% of the time, if you have a God dream, if you have a God-given aspiration, if there's something that God wants you to do and you feel it's God wants you to do, it feels right. It feels oh so right. It feels right. It feels good. But the problem is, though, after we get past the sense that this is God telling me to apply for this job, this is God telling me to move here, this is God telling me to achieve, this is God telling me to say this, then the human mind kicks in, and we start with, oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, go and become the head of England? Now, you may not want to do that. You may not want to do that. But become the head of something? How am I going to get there? I can't do that. I didn't even graduate kindergarten. <laughs> How am I going to get there? Okay? You see? You see? But that's what I say to you. Do you dare to dream? Do you dare to dream? Dreaming is setting aside everything that would be against you achieving that. Dreaming is setting aside everything that you can think of as a human being that would prevent you from achieving that or or from becoming that to getting where God wants you to be. You daring to dream the impossible that God can do this. Okay? Not that I can do this, but that God can do this. Situation going on in your life and boy, oh boy, you know, my dream is that that person would be out of my life. (laughs) That person is just driving, I boy, you know, but this is impossible. Do you dare to dream that God can take care of that? Okay? It's looking at the impossible. The world, the interesting thing is that the world, or non-believers, are bold enough to go after their dreams. You'll find non-believers in, 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 uh, in, in the world, you know, management courses, you can take them and buy the kazoo. I mean, they, they all tell you the same thing, you, you know, to dream the impossible and to go after your dream. And you'll find non-believers and, and heathens and atheists, you'll find them going after their dreams. But we Christians, for some reason, we seem to just let time waste away. And let, letting the fear of failure and disappointments and obstacles kill our dreams. And you're a child of God. Yes, so the non-believer will surely go after that dream. A non-believer, non-believer will surely tell you that I dream to do, do this and that. I believe I'm going to become this and that. And many times they push and push and push until they become... But we Christians... What is it about us Christians that we don't dare to dream? That we don't, we don't pursue? God wants to write on your hearts the plans that He has for you. Why not become like a child again, dream again, and believe again? Remember last week, I think it was, I said the, the, the scripture, the read the scripture that Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for as such is the kingdom of God. As such is the kingdom of God, as little children, you know. Almost anything that you tell a child to do, that child will believe and do. But we as adults, Christian adults, God is telling us to do something, but we don't dare to dream. We don't dare to believe. We don't dare to trust Him again. You see, you know. And, 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 and God is, is, is bringing you, God is bringing you to points in your life where, where he's shown you things that are more and more unlike what you have known. 
God is taking you and showing you points in your life and things about your life that are unlike anything that you've known. And as such, because they seem strange or foreign to us, we tend to, to reject them. Or we tend to be, to be very, very cautious. You see? At the least expecting time, God will say something or have something said to you or show you something that is in the direction of where you feel God wants you to be. But because of the fact that it's coming to you or being said to you in such a way that you haven't had it done before, or or, or it seems like it's impossible, we tend to dismiss it. We tend to put it aside because this can't be of God. You see? But God is a God of the impossible. You know? But things have happened in your life that really seem to be strange instead of you saying, gee whiz, you know, well, what, what are the chances of? How could this happen? How could this be? What are, the, what are the odds that this would happen? God is not, our God is not a God of coincidence. When things happen in your life and you know it's God, do not reject it. Do not reject it. So many of us Christians want to learn, we want to develop, we want to grow in God, we want to be brought to a new places. What's my gift? What's my spirit? What's my ministry? What's my this? What's my this? But when God starts showing us into the deeper things of Him, we tend to not understand and therefore we dismiss. Don't be so quick to dismiss what God is telling you or what God is showing you. Now that does not mean every single thing that comes in your life, every single person that work, walks up to you and say, you know, God told me to tell you, and God said this, and God said, and thus said. Don't be so quick to swallow all of that. You need to, need to make sure that it's, it's, there's some confirmation there and that it's in line with the Word of God. But don't let these dream killers, and you're being cautious, don't let these dream killers kill your dream. God has taken you to a place God is taking you to a place where, and I'm speaking to every single person in this room, God is taking you to a place where you're going to start witnessing and seeing and hearing things that you have not seen before. It's because of your faith in Him. He's going to be revealing things to you, or things will be happening in your lives that some would call inexplicable. I don't know how that could have happened, or I know how it happened. If you're a believer, if you're a child of God, You'll be awarded a position, you'll be given a position that just really kind of almost quote-unquote drops in your lap. Things will happen in your life that just almost seem to materialize, boom. And you'll sit there spinning your head, wow, gee whiz. You see? But many times in that wow, gee whiz, I got this, or this happened, this happened, we forget the fact, we forget the fact that it wasn't too long ago you were praying to God. God, this is what I wish. I want to do this. Oh, Lord, I want to be, I want to make more money. I want to do this. I want a better house. I want a better car. I want it, want it, I want it, whatever it is. You've been praying about it. And then when God brings that thing to pass in your life or starts putting it when it's on its way, then all of a sudden we get to the point where we can become our own dream killers. Because we don't dare to dream. We're not bold enough to be like a child and to believe again. And to believe. You know? No matter what it is that you're praying for, hoping for, if it's in line with God's word, he can make this thing happen in your life. But the point that I'm making right now is is that you need to get your mind and your head and your spirit adjusted that as information about your life comes into your life, comes into your consciousness, into your awareness, it's not going to be in the same stream, in the same manner that you have been accustomed If you're really a child of God and you're really deeply praying and you're wanting in your spirit to move into a deeper spiritual relationship with God, 
He'll start speaking to you and dealing with you along those lines. And just because it is unfamiliar, and just because it is something you have not seen or experienced before, don't be so quick to reject it. Dare to dream. Dare to believe. Now confirm, of course, that it is God. Match it up with His Word. Match it up with what God has already shown you or told you. Okay? But information is going to start coming to you in ways that you have not had information come to you before. You're going to see new things happening in your lives in ways that have not happened before. Things that some people would call impossible. Oh, well, the reason that happened to you was because of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And they'll try to rationalize how that happened or how this came into your life. Don't swallow it. Believe that, again, with us children of God, there are no such thing as, as, as coincidences. God has a plan for your life, and things will unfold in His time. But dare to dream. If it doesn't happen overnight, do not give up that dream. Do not think that it is impossible. You know? That old dream killer comes your way. I don't care if it's your Aunt Tilly or who the heck it may be. Your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girl. I don't care who it is. That old dream killer comes up and starts saying so and so and so. Do like the kids do. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Amen? And rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Because it's a dream killer. It's one of, it's one of Joseph's brethren. David, when he was going to kill Goliath. All of Israel shrunk back when Goliath was spoken, speaking and was challenging them in that valley. David came forth and said, I will kill him because he has defied my God. Saul said, you're, 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 just a, you're just a little scrawny shepherd boy. Dream killer! Here, take my armor and put it on. It's too big. Dream killer! His brothers and went, oh, you're nothing but a shepherd boy. How can you go out and fight that giant? Dream killer! David rejected that. He rejected it. He took his staff, his sling, five smooth stones, five for the number of grace. Smooth because they were aerodynamically sound. As that stone found that target and defeated that enemy of God, which he called him. You Philistine, you enemy of God, this day I shall feed you to the birds. How dare you defy my God. You be bold enough and you tell that dream killer that comes into your life, that tries to come in to steal your dream, to thwart your path, to deter you from where God wants you to be. You tell that dream killer, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The pastor, that's my mom. That's my mom. I'm sorry. I'm sure she has the best of intentions in her heart. Many times our family members do, our friends do. But they can also be unwittingly used by the devil. They can be unwittingly used to, to bring all sorts of things in distress into your life. Not knowing that they're doing it. They're trying to help you. And God bless them, many times they are. But if they're not God sent... And they're trying to destroy and take away your dream, your aspiration that God has given you... You need to rebuke, rebuke mom. I love you mom, but I'm not going there. God has showed me. God has showed me. Yeah, but you don't have any evidence, child. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. I dare to dream. I dare to believe. I dare to believe that God is the God of the impossible. And if this is where I'm going, God is going to get me there. How do you know? 
had a dream. I had a vision. I decided to drive this way that particular day. Don't know why, but on this particular day and that hour, I went this particular way. And that's when I saw this and I saw that. To the dream killer, it makes no sense. They can't rationalize why or how you could decide to go that way. You could decide to do this. You should decide to, to not do this or not do that or not go that way. To the dream killer, they don't understand how God, the God of the impossible, will use the most unsuspected ways that you could think of to bring you a step closer to that dream. They don't understand how God works. You are a child of God, I'm telling you. Believe it. Believe it. I can't convince you of it. The Word of God says, if you believe, you shall be saved. You are a child of God. Believe it. And God is just itching to work in your life in a way of the impossible to make your head spin. In a good way. <laughs> to make your head spin. To show you His glory. To see His hand that's upon you. God loves it. God loves it. I know He does. I know He does because I know the joy that I feel in my heart because I know that God is joyful. When something has happened in my life and I still sit back at this young age that I'm in and at this many years that I've been in the Lord, when something happens and I sit back and I say to my wife, Wow, did you see that? And we still get amazed and joyful in the Lord and we praise Him and we thank Him because to this day things happen that are inexplicable. Things happen because they happen because it's God. It's because we dare to dream. We've always dared to dream. From the time that we met, we dared to dream. Dared to dream for our children. We dared to dream for where we lived. We dared to dream for finances. We dared to dream for health. We dared to dream. We dared to dream. We dared to dream. Because we know what God tells us. And we know what we've seen. So when God gives you something in the very near future here, that is something that is really unexplainable or something you've been really hoping for and all of a sudden, poof, it happens. You run to God and you fall at His feet and you kiss Him and you hug Him and you praise Him and you thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for opening my eyes that I may see, for giving me the wisdom to understand what you've done here. Okay? Because nothing can explain away the impossible things of God except God. When you get something beyond your, your, your wildest dreams. God wants to write on your hearts the plans He has for you. Why not become like a child again and dream, believe again? It's never too late. There's a minister named Dale Turner who once said, Dreams are renewable no matter what our age or condition. Dreams are renewable no matter what our age or condition. There are still untapped possibilities within us and new beauty waiting to be born. New beauty waiting to be born. Saints of God, you have no idea of the wondrous things God has planned for you. You have no idea. All I can say to you is you stop and you think back to the blessings that you've had. The things that have happened career-wise, home-wise, children-wise, whatever's been going on in your life, think back at the things that have wondrously happened to you and see what God has done. Well, just imagine that's just the beginning. The things that God has blessed you with is just the beginning. 
Many times for us as children, God will give us little blessings and little inklings of things that are wondrous. And while we'll sit back and we'll say, wow, I can't believe that happened. I got that. This happened. This happened. It was success. God has given you an inkling of just what he can do. Okay? And the thing about it is that if you're wise, if you're smart, and you see the inkling of what God can do or did do, you just hold on to that and think about what God will do. Will do. Amen? And don't forget Him. Okay? And don't, just, just don't be happy when God does something for you. Be happy all the time in God. Worship Him and praise Him all the time. Remember Him. Because this is what God keeps God in your life. Keeps God in your, when, when you're operating like that, God rolls up his sleeves and he says, Now I can shape and I can mold. I can take this child of mine, this sister, the, the, I mean, the, this daughter, this son of mine. I can take him and, and mold him, mold her. Because now he's willing, she's willing to hear me. He's willing, she's willing to dream. She's willing to dream. Okay? Okay? You know? Dreams to many people, if you ask them what is a dream, maybe some textbook definition, I didn't look it up, but maybe some textbook definition is something, something of the impossible or something in the imagination or, or whatever it may be, an imaginary thing. Right? Everything that was created, including the earth, took place in God's imagination, if you will. Everything that man creates... Starts in the imagination. You take those two wondrous towers that fell, the World Trade Center. Those two wondrous towers. My wife and I worked there so many years ago, and I remember at one time I saw some, some drawings that were on display of, that, of that, those two towers. And it was amazing. The architectural drawings. Those two magnificent buildings started in the imagination of a man. The architect that put those things down on paper, eventually building into this wondrous three-dimensional steel and glass structure. It started in the imagination. I don't know if God placed that imagination there for that plans in the building. I don't know. I'm not saying that, whether it was or not. But all I'm saying is that everything that you are and are going to be takes place in the imagination. Because that's where God puts things of the future in his children. He puts it in there as a dream. You need to keep it there and think about it as you move forward. Only you can make a decision to resurrect those God-given dreams with the help of Holy Spirit and make your future beautiful. I want you to say this prayer with me. We have a little bit more to go, but just close your eyes and just pray this prayer with me. Lord, help me today to dream again. Holy Spirit, please remind me of the plans my God has for my future. Help me to dream again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Dreams that the devil tries to destroy are like our Red Seas, but God can get you through. Remember, Israel had the Red Red Sea to pass. It was standing in their way. It was an obstacle. And what did God do? God parted and made a way. So whatever is in your, in your way now from achieving your dream, whatever things that may be before you, God will part, will part the way right through that, the way, the way God parted the Red Sea. Then God led Israel through the wilderness, going to the promised land. Well, the same thing is true for us. 
We all have a promised land. The same way Israel, God told them about, this is the land that I have given to you. In the past tense. Meaning that it was a done deal. God has a promised land for you also in the form of that God-given dream. Don't lose sight of it. Make sure you're, you, 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 you are, in, you know, uh, Israel, as they were going through the wilderness to get to the promised land, they ran into many, ran into many dream killers. Many of them slipped and sinned repeatedly. They fell by the sword. Many of them saw the miracles and praised God and praised men only to revert back again. Those that were steadfast did not lose faith, followed God's commandment, found their way to the promised land. Well, God has a promised land for you also. Don't lose sight of it. Don't lose sight of it. And every single obstacle that might come its way because Jesus said that we will have, when you have tribulations, remember that Jesus is in charge. Because Jesus has come to and he overcame the world. Remember that as you're going through this wilderness that might, you might be going through, waiting to get to your promised land, waiting to achieve or realize your dream. Don't entertain the God killers. Don't let those circumstances stand in your way. You stay steadfast and focus on God. Focus on the Lord. Look for the impossible. Be willing and open to the fact of, of, of feeling and get accustomed to understanding and feeling and knowing the unction of Holy Spirit when he tells you to do something. When he tells you to go to the left and not to the right. He tells you to take Main Street and not Fifth Street. Get in the habit of following those unctions regardless of how silly they may seem. Because I say to you today, in closing... Look around you and look at what's happening in the world. Look around you at the ridiculous claims and statements that are being made. Look, at, look around you at the crazy things that people are wanting other people to do. Look around you and see the decisions and the things that are, be saying, are saying even about us Christians or those of us who believe that still the things that are right are right and the things that are wrong are wrong. Look how, how everything is trying to be blurred. Look at how no such thing as male and female. I choose to identify as a hippopotamus. And you laugh and you joke and you smirk. This is reality. We're living in really some strange, odd times. The only one that you can trust is God. And again, I submit to you, I say to you today, mark my words. And I also say this prophetically, you're going to see things happening in your lives, lives that are unlike what you've seen before. You're going to be hearing from God in ways that you have not heard before. Just because you have not heard them before, or have not experienced the things that you will be experiencing, do not be so quick to dismiss them. Do not be so quick to dismiss them. There's a new need for God in this country. There's a new need for God in this world. There's a new need for God in your life. Don't overlook. Don't minimize what God is going to do. Just continue to be bold and continue to dare to dream.
Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.